Welcome to Real Talk. I'm Casey, and I'm here with all the co-hosts today. Don't you cough, Danielle. She's going to chew. She's holding on. (laughs) We have Saida, Zoe, Danielle, and this is going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about some of the things that we wish we knew in college. We got a multi-generational group, as we know. Some of us were born back in the 1900s. Stop! (laughs) Some of us were born after 9-11. Post 9-11 kids. My goodness. Yeah. So anyway, we have we have many different it? perspectives to bear on this question of, of friendships in and around college. Um, and I'm very curious to hear about some of y'all's both experiences and perspectives, maybe recommendations for people. Let's get right on into it. Zoe, do you want to introduce our guest for today? I would love to. Here with me is a very close friend of mine, Marissa Howard. Say hey. Hi. Marissa, my bestie. Marissa is a fourth year double major of nursing and Spanish. We started our student leadership journey here at Southern Together as peer mentors in 2021. Marissa then was inspired to dedicate three years to the orientation office as an orientation ambassador. And most recently, this summer of 2023, she was one of the four coordinators um, in the orientation office. She also, like me, has worked for three years with Residence Life as a resident advisor. Now she's a senior RA of Hickerson Hall. Um, a freshman resident storm, and we are besties, and we're going to talk about friendships. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, some of my favorite episodes have been when we have, like, we just recorded one this morning that y'all have just heard last week with with Lauren from Possible Futures and Alicia from Bloom, two people who are friends, and then we're recording today with two friends. And I always think that that dynamic is really important because relationships are everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially on college campuses. It is. It is. I just think there's so much wisdom in knowing when it's time to move on, right? We don't talk about that enough. Like, sometimes we do outgrow friendships. The Mm -hmm. people that I was friends with my freshman year of college, I did not graduate friends with all of them. Some of them I was. But then as we got into the real world and started navigating, like, the actual challenges of trying to be friends, not living in the same places, Mm -hmm. on top of our insanely busy schedules, which we've talked about before on this season, they just weren't my friends anymore. Mm. It's, you know, you change. There's wisdom in knowing. And once you become a parent too, that opens up whole new doors of people that you are friends with. And then you just lose kind of some alignment with people. Yeah. Sometimes too, you move cities. Maybe, maybe you were a woman and then you become a man. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, things happen. So anyway, that's the perspective that we elders over here bring to the table. I'm just the elder. I'm the oldest, so I can say it. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, if you ever watch the cartoon Craig of the Creek, they have the elders of the creek and it's all millennials. Their points of reference are like millennial cartoons. And I just look at it and my kids are like, hey, you would be the elder of the creek. And I'm like, are you calling me old? You were born in the 1900s. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, Saida well. has snappy kids. They are little rude ruderchins. They're mm-hmm. silly. Well, although some of us don't have children. Marissa and I, we used to be resident advisors in the same hall, and now we sadly are not. So I just want to invite Marissa to talk a little bit about how it's been without me (laughs) um, (laughs) and how it is being, you know, how is it being an orientation ambassador in the summer, seeing those relationships develop and then watching those friendships either grow or fall apart and kind of relate it back to, you know, your life Mm and like, other friends, other RA friends, OCs, people that leave positions, and people that take different routes in college. Yeah, I think going off of what you were saying, too, about college specifically, I do feel like in this time in our lives, it's such a time where people, like, come and go, like, throughout different aspects of, like, your life. And like Zoe said, like, through having numerous leadership roles, it's like a lot of my friends I've met through those leadership roles, mm-hmm. and it's like, these are my RA friends. These are my orientation friends. Like these are my friends from nursing. Like you have those different groups. And as you move through it, it's like, if I'm not doing this anymore, then like those friends kind of aren't my friends anymore. And like, I think at first it was like hard to be like, oh, like I miss those people. But like, it is good to know that like you have people 
who understand like that aspect of your life and that's mm-hmm. like okay they're gonna get what i'm talking about when it comes to this but like they might not be my friends for, for sure. everything and like that's yes. okay yeah it is i like the idea of compartmentalizing or cohorts I yeah I mean, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see like people i've been in many different schools for a really long time and how it's sometimes interesting the friends you think are gonna stay yeah you know, sometimes you're like super close with someone and then that sort of fades away pretty fast. And then other times, like maybe someone who was like a little, like your, your friendship was like slower to develop. They're the ones that I'm like still close friends with like Mm -hmm. 10 years later. And I would never have guessed. Right. I saw something somewhere that said, if you become instant friends, then beware. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I was like, Oh, but now I can kind of see like what they mean. Mm -hmm. As far as me in college relationships, like, I don't necessarily talk to a lot of the people that I was in college with. Um, when I was at St. John's, I had a group of like 20 Caribbean people and mm. we were all just like a gang in the, <laughs> in the cafeteria <laughs> every single day. But just because we don't stay in touch doesn't mean we're not necessarily still friends. I mean, we pop in here or there. There's people that I haven't talked to in years, but they'll see me on Facebook. They'll say something, whatever. And then even one of them, you know, I'm going on the cruise and she's like, you going on a cruise? I was like, yeah. She's like, let's go. You know, so we're going on a cruise. You know, we haven't hung out in literal years. Actually, I was with her on another cruise. <laughs> years ago, we were on the cruise, but we we, we don't talk in, in the interim, you know. So, like, I don't know. I found that, like, I haven't really had too many friends that I say are, like, every single day we're talking to each other. But as I'm trying to figure out, like, do I just, like, not have friends? Can I just not be close? And I'm realizing that maybe adulthood is just, like, you just have a lot of people everywhere. Because at least me, like, that's how I feel. Like, okay, I went to a retreat. I met a bunch of people here. I met a friend in Jamaica. And she like, if you want to come to Jamaica, let's go. So I got to connect in Jamaica. I got to connect in California. I got to connect in Houston. You know, so, like, I have connects pretty much all over the United States and then outside of that. So, like, maybe that's just what it is. It's, like, when we see each other, we're great. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like we check in every single day because we're all just living lives. I mean, networking. Yeah. It sounds yeah, like you're describing networking. <laughs> Friendship is a network. It, 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 it yeah. is. A network. And it also sounds like, you know, it took you years to kind of accumulate that and ch- try to kind of make sense of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, as RAs, we see that a lot like happening, but mm-hmm. they don't know what's happening. So mm-hmm. they feel like right. super alone, you know, especially with first years, freshman students, just like living in a building with them and seeing all their friends come in mm-hmm. and then even by the end of one semester mm-hmm. seeing the different relationships that mm-hmm. emerge that you never thought would happen and also just you know like marissa and i being on the same staff like at first it was just like staff relationship mm-hmm. so it's kind of like what casey was explaining with that mm-hmm. slow burn and like mm-hmm. just slowly like hey like do you want to get con today or yep. hey like we're on duty together tonight like let's talk for like an hour like, what are you working on and like although we're very different people you know like marissa's nursing she's like logical brain <laughs> like, the, the emotional one that like i can give you the advice the psych major Right, the artist, and she's like, I don't even know like how to draw. I want to hear a little bit more um, from Marissa about like stuff like that that you maybe seen, like some some stories and some ways that college students can feel like they have a community even if they don't have like super close friends that they talk to every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel like for college students specifically, like even first year students specifically, I think like one thing that you said that stood out was like you just kind of have people everywhere. And, like, I think that's something that, like, I came to learn, like, as I got older because I would think, like, oh, I see these friend groups. Like, I don't have a big friend group. Like, I have a friend here. I have a friend here. Mm. But, like, you don't even need a big friend group. Like, as long as you got good people, like, doesn't matter where they're coming from. Like, all that matters is, like, you have people in your life. And, like, I think that's important, especially for, like, first years in college to know and, like, even if you're just like struggling with it later in college, it's like, hey, if you have a good friend here, that's a good friend. Like it doesn't they don't have to be connected to your friends here. And like mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. have to feel like you're in a big group or like, oh, I want to go out, but I need a group to go with. It's like, yes. no, pick your favorite people. And if those are your favorite people, <laughs> mm-hmm. then like have a good time kind of thing. I think I see like a lot of first year students struggling with that. Like, oh, I see my friends going out. But, like I don't have anyone to go out with. It's like. Well, take your friend, your one friend that you're always with, and go mm-hmm. out with them. Like, right. that's still a good friend. So that's what I think on the topic. It's really hard. I mean, because, I mean, I remember feeling so insecure. I 
lived in the dorm my my first year and then you feel like everyone else is doing all the fun stuff and like you feel left out but meanwhile those people I'm sure feel also the same way you know there's a lot of sort of performing I think Mm -hmm. yeah performing popularity yeah performing confidence I think when a lot of people feel really insecure Mm -hmm. and then when I I transferred and then I wasn't in a dorm and I found I actually my second year I had I started to have more like maybe equal numbers of friends inside the school and outside the school, just Mm -hmm. in the community. And for me, that was really nice because it meant that school wasn't my whole world. And then I can be hanging out in town with people and, and just having a, I don't know, that was helpful for me to not feel like I had to like play all the games. That's interesting. I feel like my perspective is different. And I I don't know if it's because y'all grew up in more of like a suburban environment, but I went to college and I'm telling you, prerequisite for going, gates. Closest thing up. Mm -mm. Everybody can't be on here. I meant that. If it didn't have gates, I wasn't going. Like I looked at Clark Atlanta, Spelman, all those, and it was just open campus. I'm like, oh, no. Wait a minute. I want a true, like, college, on campus, this kind of siloed experience. And that's what I had. And it the community we fostered there, we were always at somebody's apartment for a kick it. Mm-hmm. We're doing listening parties for new music coming out. Mm-hmm. We had our own just community in the campus. So how did you find friends? Friends always find me. But <laughs> no, really, <laughs> I swear I'm not. It's silly. OK, so thinking of college, my first friend was um, she lived across the hall. We just became friends because we were in school in Alabama. We lived on the ground floor and the air conditioning wasn't working working when we got there. So we had windows open and our doors open. So we kind of had to talk to each other because it was really awkward just walking by someone's room and like looking in. Mm -hmm. And I am laying on the floor because the floor was so cool. Like the tiles were nice and cold. And I was just like, I got to have some relief. So I'm laying on the floor and she lived next door to me and she was walking by. She was like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Like you're laid out on the floor. Are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. It's very hot. Should we go outside? And we became friends. And then we learned we were from the Northeast and whatever. Suffering. Yeah. <laughs> we trauma bond. It was fine. But are we friends now? No, we're not. We but that was important at the time. Junior year, yeah. weren't friends. I would say my most lasting friend is my senior year roommate. We genuinely came into it. And our first weekend together, grabbed a bottle of some sugary wine and we we talked and we are she's one of my very good friends I talk to her like quarterly mm. and it's fine because yes, we have yes, yes. lives we right. mm-hmm. and it's no bad blood but mm-hmm. to Marissa's point where she was talking about different groups of friends and not intermingling friends there is a downfall to mingling friends mm-hmm. like when you have like that big birthday party and you bring everyone together yeah it's like so stressful yeah and it's not <laughs> just that yeah but like when I think about intermingling friends and bringing friends together people who I thought were my friends literally worked together to stab me in the back And it exposed a lot of underlying like animosities and jealousies that people had that I was totally unaware of. And these people aligned together because that's that was their perspective. Mm -hmm. So to say, how do I make friends? I don't. People will gravitate towards me if we hit it off. We do. I am way too old to try and foster friendships with people that. Don't have good intentions. Uh Y'all know me well enough to know I am a helper to the flaw. Like, I am a helper and I want to help. And people can sense that and they feed Mm -hmm. that and they take advantage of it. And I've had to learn to be on my couch in my robe by myself. (laughs) And if y'all need me, I'm here. But I have the luxury and we all have Uh the luxury of picking who we want to -hmm. give that kind of energy to. And should we, in fact? And it's important that it be a reciprocal relationship yeah. that you're pouring into each other and it's not a one-way thing. And that's something I didn't know in college. Like, right. I didn't know, like, what even is a healthy friendship? Yeah. I Never like thought just, about it. Yeah, just now going through stuff like that, learning yeah. that. Like, you talked about parties. 
birthday came, lost two friends. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? You know, it's were they friends? Celebration. Were they friends? You know, and I feel like in the dorms, it's very easy to just like because you're seeing the same people all the mm-hmm. time. Okay, I have to be friends with this person. I've had residents come up to me crying about their roommate. Yep. Um, they stabbed them in the back. They stole something. They disrespected them yeah. in some kind of way. And you know, like sometimes to some people, it may seem silly, but when this is like your person or your whole life and you spend time with these people it can be like really isolating and so some things that I really love about being an RA are like having those connections to residents that I feel like I didn't get to have because I didn't live on campus as a freshman Mm. I wasn't going to pay to live on campus I didn't have the money (laughs) Mm -hmm. so being an RA kind of gives me a different perspective I know Marissa's a little different she was able to live on campus um before becoming an RA because she lives far far away and I want to hear you know your perspective on that as well but having programs like social programs where you can just talk and facilitate those conversations and see relationships grow and blossom that's super something that I take like with me um, as an RA and educational programs as well talking about you know mental health and um, other important topics that you know, sometimes foster unlikely relationships. People find that they have mm-hmm. different opinions about things, but that somehow they mesh. Um, and here at Southern, we have a lot. Um, we have like Hall Olympics for, you know, the sports people. We have the tailgate at homecoming, which I definitely saw a lot of groups of people going out to party and have fun mm-hmm. and spread that um I don't know. What is that called? School spirit. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) School School version of that. School version of that. (laughs) And obviously, you know, Greek life and there's clubs on campus. We have dances like the Heritage Ball Mm -hmm. and field trips. Um, Marissa and I just went to the Big E. It was my first time and we didn't have to pay for it, you know. So I would say like take advantage of all of those things that your schools have to offer in college because you are paying for it and you have four years and you want to just kind of make the best of it. Do y'all think it's a good idea to be friends and roommates? Have y'all seen the... Oh, Lord. Like... Well, because a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to Southern, I'm going... Or you're going to this school, I'm going to this school. Like, let's be roommates together. Yeah. Have y'all seen that? What do you think? Like, coming in as... Yes, 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 yes. Or even moving in, like, sophomore year. Becoming roommate friends. I think it's very Mm. interesting. My take on it is, like, I feel like when you first come in, it's good to do, like, a random because Hmm. you get to meet new people. And I find more often than not, when people come in with their friends, like, it doesn't work. Like something, something always happens. Living together is it's crazy. Yeah. It's a little crazy. And I think too, when you first come in and you don't know about like living away from your family, like that's a lot to learn just like in and of itself, let yeah. alone like trying to live with your best mm-hmm. friend type of thing. But I would support living with your friends when you're older. Like I think once you get like the down path of like living by yourself, you know how you are, you know how you work with your friends. Like I think that's a cool time to live with your friends because then you have fun. But like when you're first experiencing it, it's a little bit like, oh, man, like I'm going through all this. And like now I don't even know if my friend likes to live with me. Like it's a lot, I think, to do it first. That's my opinion. Especially when you're sharing a bedroom. It's like, when do I have to turn the lights out? Oh, you're trying to go to bed at (laughs) nine. I'm trying to go to bed at two. This is going to be a conflict. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to mediate conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That becomes an issue, especially when they're already your friend, too. And it's Mm -hmm. like, man, like I love this person. I don't want to like tell her to not come in so late at night or blah 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 like yeah. it's definitely you don't know just, how to set boundaries right definitely that especially i think with closer friends is hard when you're first learning how to do that so right. when you're on campus you guys would be you two would be the best to know what are the resources like where do people go if we have a friend fallout and say i want to change my roommate or i'm feeling away emotionally and maybe i don't want to move out yet mm-hmm. or i just need a minute and want to pop somewhere else on campus where I can get stuff done quietly, but not quite the library. Like are y'all the cornucopia of resources and what are they? How do people find them? Yeah. I feel like honestly, definitely going to your RA is a good like start for sure. I think depending on the situation, there's like a bunch of different resources. Like I think if you're looking for a certain type of community, like there's definitely a lot of places on campus you can go like the MCC, um, Sage Center. Like those are all good. I feel like spaces for people, like people who are looking for, 
getting to know more people or friends or like making more connections I feel like those are good like communities on campus not necessarily like a resource in terms of like oh we can help you with your math homework or we can help you with Mm -hmm. your resume but like just good spaces for people to be in and just for people who may not know what MCC or SAGE is can you just yes the (laughs) multicultural center on campus and then SAGE is the sexuality and gender equality center on campus yes yeah so if you're listening and you're not here at our campus you have some version of those things (laughs) right yes so, um, well, actually, w- in terms of roommate disputes, I used to be a volunteer housing counselor in oof. Madison and deal with people all over the state who were having landlord tenant conflicts. And mm. we had a lot of roommate conflicts mm. among students. This was not people in the dorms, usually apartments. And we would always try to get them to, we would recommend and do workshops on the campus to have people sign an agreement together, like who's paying for the internet, you know, so mm. that all of this stuff is laid out because it, it, in Wisconsin anyway, if it gets really bad and one person is, is trying to get out, that means that this, the rent is still due. Yeah. You know, like you have to, and then the landlord may or may not be willing to work with you in a helpful way <laughs> to try yeah. to replace mm-hmm. that person. Um, so it can really, especially if people have co-signers or mm. other things, it can get super messy. And so it really is like all about communication yeah. and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And Definitely see that working with upperclassmen now, coming from a freshman dorm, the problems are the same but different. You know, like there's still roommate conflicts and living in apartment style living now on campus. People are going from just living in a bedroom with two beds, one window, two desks, now to living with a full kitchen, a full bathroom. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're besties. Like, this is going to work. Everything's going to be fun. It's like a big sleepover, right? No. Um, (laughs) Who's cleaning the bathroom? Yep. Who's Uh, cooking? Whose food is Who's eating what? Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Where am I keeping my stuff? Are you a messy person? Are you, you know, a really organized, clean person? When are you doing your laundry? When do you wake up? When do you go to sleep? All of those things. So we actually do also have roommate agreements. Um, Oh, nice. People frequently try to say, oh, we don't need that. You know, like we're, we've it's a lived together before. Need it. Or, yeah, no, <laughs> you need it. You need it. It needs to be written down because, you know, like as RAs, we, you know, we're the rule enforcers and the conduct enforcers. So mm. we have to do those roommate mediations. And if you're not setting those rules, it's more honestly more work for you and your um, roommate and more work for us and it's not always fun because Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be really harmful things that are said or done when you're frustrated because at the end of the day we're all students and school can be stressful people have family um, commitments family issues work things that may pop up and if you're living with someone who's not sensitive to you know like you're going to bed at 9.30 because you have to be up at 7.30, you can start to be kind of hostile and then you're feeling like trapped or you're getting anxious when you come home at the end of the day. So we try to have, you know, some talks about that and there's also places on campus for if you are feeling overwhelmed and stressed like um, most campuses have some sort of like mental health well-being center. Other campuses have kind of like what we have here at Southern Peer Mentors, like peer support, people that you can kind of go to that are also living on campus, also having work and class going through the same things. So you don't feel like you're always complaining to your roommate or complaining to your friends. And then it turns into a big like complaining session and you're not actually relating to them and having fun times. Yeah. Talk to me more about because you said conduct in there. Right. And when I think of an RA, that was all I thought of. Like the rule myself. I got written mm. up. Yeah, I did they too. I did mm. too. They call us the ops. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, how come I only got written up once? Look, I, mm, fair. Mm. I, I got written up one time and then they had to revoke it because I didn't get caught technically. But whatever. But when you think of RAs, right? Like I always thought my RA was the person enforcing all the rules. And when I think of the safety and security of my dorm and who's going to be here to make sure the wrong people aren't getting in or, you know, I need to know who's on staff so I can get the wrong people in. But (laughs) what is that like? What do you guys have to do? What are y'all, in fact, only the rule enforcers? 
that's such an interesting like point of view to hear because like whenever my residents will say like oh the Ari's coming the Ari's coming I'm like I promise I'm cool like, <laughs> I'm just like, a person I know guys. and I'm like I don't want to get anyone in trouble yeah. like whenever there's an incident like that's an incident report that we have to write like I don't want to do that and definitely like I would say for the bulk of the job it's like promoting community like throwing programs like making sure your residents like have a good like well-being going on by doing like health and safeties like they always think like health and safety checks are like oh they're coming to like take our stuff or they're coming to look through our stuff it's <laughs> like the thing. trying to like, make no. sure they don't burn the place down no literally and like i just want to make sure you're good like are you okay so i don't know we're definitely more friendly than the rule people i've never met an ra who's like oh i can't wait to bust that party i'm like yeah. no like i hear i heard nothing like I actually had a good relationship with my RA. She was actually pretty cool. Like my freshman freshman year, I'm mainly I'm talking about. Well, actually both because they were black women. But um, yeah, I mean, they would do the room checks and stuff like that. And she texted me and she was like, listen, I had to hide your birth control in the drawer because you would have get charged like $50. Really? I was at St. John's University in New York and Queens. I didn't know that they were like, like actually religious, like at all. Huh. So that's my experience is just like, you know, going to parties with them and stuff like that, watching strolling with them. Oh, wow. So I didn't really have like the enforcer thing. I had to like, let me remind you of the rules. And like when I did have severe issues with roommates, I was accused of stealing. I had things stolen from me. So like, and I was just freshman year. No, sophomore year was an insane. I got to the point where I had to request to be removed from the building. And, and go to a different dorm because I was intensely uh, uh, violent. <laughs> there were words that I said, but I won't say them on the air. Fair. But yeah, like they were basically like mediators for me. And they were people that were safe spaces and safer people that I can go to than my roommates. And then me trying to mitigate because that was just a wild and sticky mess. And some of them were people that, you know, I tried to befriend and then. Honestly, and they weren't people that I knew prior to, but, you know, the freshman year I was trying to do the friend thing and it was really cool, whatever, until it wasn't. And then sophomore year, I was kind of just like, mm, roommates, <laughs> you know, so I was a little bit like traumatized. So I was trying to be nice and do all the things. Then it ended up I didn't want to go back to my dorm. I was spending the night with, at my friend's dorm in Manhattan and just being like, I'm going to stay there and not go back to Queens until when I got to go to school, you know, so like. By the by, the third <laughs> room, <laughs> they were very nice people, and they wanted to do dinner, and they wanted to do all the things. That's and I was good. traumatized, and I said, "Hey, hello, um, I'm locking myself in my room, and we are not going to talk." Right. So I was already I was already done, but I did feel comfortable with the RAs that I had, and they did listen to me. Thank God, because I was that's good. it was bad. Yeah, that's what we're really honestly there for, and I feel like you know some people ask me, "Oh, I think I'm thinking of applying." Um, what do you do? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? And I always say, you know, don't do it just for the money mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, different universities have different benefits. Sometimes it's free housing, free meal plan. Um, don't do it for that. Do it for the people. Um, mm -hmm. Sure, it's nice to, you know, save a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> um, America. <laughs> Definitely, like you said, like some RAs become very close to their residents. Mm -hmm. We're not much different in age than you know our residents say, you, usually are. Students, maybe right. it's one year, two years, but we're gonna see you at the club. We're gonna see you at parties. We're mm -hmm. gonna see you games on campus, stuff like that at the strolls, like you said. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when it comes to rule enforcement, it's really just about safety. You know, like recently we had an incident where. There was an intoxicated person. He came into the building, went into a sleeping person's room, no. and started throwing things around. Oh and my goodness. Yeah, the the girls were traumatized. Yeah, a student who doesn't live on campus. Oof. Oh, yes. that's where I was thinking. Okay. So he was not supposed to be there without being signed in. And sometimes we have like cases like that. And if the RAs are, you know, aren't notifying their residents of, you know, make sure to lock your doors, you know, make sure you're signing in your guests, like then who's going to be there to kind of remind them and keep them safe. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not the easiest part of the job, but it is super important. And that's where the whole um, like trust thing comes in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's. 
that's a big part of it. And like you said before, the health and safeties, we're not trying to take and steal your things. Mm-hmm. But again, like covering smoke detectors, having illegal items, and sometimes just really interesting items that are not <laughs> quite illegal but might make someone uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I think someone had like a poster with some derogatory words on it and it's okay. like the roommate was not feeling like they want to see that every morning when they wake up. Yeah. Right. So just things like that. Our um, freshman year we had a stripper pole. Uh, right. Yeah. Crying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't mine. It was my roommate's. But she was like, is it okay? I said, you could do what you I like. I mean, look, it's there. Yeah, see, and that's another thing. Like becoming friends with your roommates is easier when you ask for permission and kind of you're learning to be a better person that's what college is kind of all about Mm -hmm. so just being mindful and being thoughtful about what you do and how you share your space so a lot of our students in communication in my time here are RAs which I think is like not a surprise maybe because communication is such an important part of what y'all do but one thing that has struck me in conversations over the years with students is the volume of labor and emotional labor that mm-hmm. that RAs do. And I wonder how you all take care of yourselves. I mean, I remember during the pandemic talking to an RA who was trying to support her students during this really awful time. And had she was coming for, like, I think an advising meeting with me after having just been dealing with a suicide attempt. Ooh. And just, like, really incredible stuff i mean i could just see how much like her own course load is weighing on her Mm -hmm. her own family life dealing with all her own stuff and then times however many residents she has in really intense situations not not just some little stuff and so and i'm sure you all have seen your fair share of many Mm -hmm. things like and because all people come here and like it's a vulnerable time of life um when most people are coming to college and then you're doing it all together and dealing with all of it so how do you take care of yourselves while you're trying to take care of your residents? Mm, that is such a good question because I feel like I'm still figuring it out. Even <laughs> after like three years, it's hard to like, it's hard to one, separate yourself from the job. And I think that's something that for me this year, like I've been doing well at and it's helping Because it's where you live too. Yes. Yeah. It's not like you can like go home no. and then you're like, you're at work. Exactly. You sleep at work. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, even when you try to like just sneak in and go up to your room, it's like you open the door and there's like someone jumping over the furniture and you're like, I just want to go upstairs. I just yeah. want to go upstairs. Welcome um, parenthood. <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, literally I feel like one of, Personally, one of the things for me that helps a lot, like we were saying before about having different friends in different spaces, is like being able to talk to other RAs about stuff. Mm-hmm. And like even like I'll text Zoe just like random stuff like, would you believe this just happened? And like, <laughs> and like a lot of times it's just like stuff you have to laugh about because like, yes, the job is hard. And like, yes, we have to do all these things. But like when you can laugh at it, it's like, you know what? It's just another part of it, like moving on and like. I think self-care is important in any like job that you have, mm-hmm. but I think one where it consumes so much of your life, it's definitely hard to learn that like separation for sure. I'm wondering, because you're a freshman dorm. Yes. Senior RA. Yes. What are you seeing in the freshmen? Yeah, how are, they? Like, how are yeah. they doing? Uh-huh. How are they doing? <laughs> oh, the babies. What do I not see? Honestly? <laughs> oh, um, oh my. I will say this isn't my worst year as an RA. Like, they've been worse. Um, (laughs) They're just so... Freshmen, I think, are so funny because they're just so eager. And, like, I think that they don't sometimes realize, like, college is, like, academic. And, like, Mm -hmm. you have other responsibilities besides just, like, being on campus and having fun. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like they're doing well, like as a group of incoming students like I feel like they seem to be a great group of students but like it's just I don't know I'm like seeing all these things replay in my head and I'm like sometimes (laughs) I'm just like you look at them and you're like what in the world was going through your brain or like post-covid kids that's why yes and touching on the post-covid thing I think one thing that we've noticed like in the past few years is like a lack of like independence and like Mm -hmm. a lack of knowing like skills that to me are just like so basic like the past couple years like I am so surprised by my residents texting me being like hey Marissa like I really need to email my professor like how do I send that I'm like send an email like how do you email your professor and I guess it's something that we don't think about because it comes Mm -hmm. like second nature to us but it's like 
little things that they like need help with and like don't know how to like navigate through so I think that has been one of the most surprising aspects of like working with first years year after year interesting yeah yeah one thing I was I was thinking through is like the transition from high school to college in terms of friendship like how different that looks and we were talking about silos and compartmentalizing and you know when you really think about it a lot of these people have been in school together for years even if they're not with like the same people they just are used to friendship in a longer lasting sense Mm -hmm. you know like I've known these people even if I haven't been friends with them since kindergarten you know and I remember being devastated in eighth grade I was like my life is over (laughs) everyone I know is gone you know and so like you thinking of that and how they're coming into college that that has to play such a large part of about why it's so hard for them to develop these relationships and then accept their short-term nature because they've never had to deal with short-term relationships because if i mean you think Most about them, it yeah well yeah but like when you know they're not traveling and stuff but like yeah, yeah. if you think about kids like how easy is it that we all have been friends with people that might have bullied us People that we like was beefing with for a while, and then like all of a sudden we friends again, mm-hmm. and you know, and like that you're around each other all the time. So at some point it turns around, and then when you're an adult, you don't necessarily have that space to foster. You're not all right. in the same class. Mm-hmm. You're not all in the same lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's very oh, the easy. The same lunch, the same lunch period. The same <laughs> lunch. <laughs> Okay. What is lunch? Minutes. <laughs> what is exactly <laughs> class? What is lunch in adulthood? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's more of an effort. Can we meet at Con? No, I, I didn't eat all day. I remember feeling so betrayed when people would go to the calf without me. No, I was for like, real. I didn't eat. You left me. <gasps> Friendship over. You put in away a couple of a couple of pieces of paper. We turn around like yo, <laughs> and no more space at that six person table. Nope. I'm yeah. crying. No, Danielle, like, you're so right about that. And I think of students, you know, like. They are expecting that the friendships are just going to carry on because mm-hmm. you know, oh, sophomore year, okay, same people. No, some nope. people are not here anymore, yeah. or they transferred schools yeah. or change majors um, or change majors. Yeah. You know, we don't have the same classes even within one school year. Mm-hmm. You're only having class for three months. It's really different. It's really different, Very and I different. think that. You know, as you develop and as you grow older, your values change as well. Mm -hmm. And so someone that you are super close to may not carry the same values as you anymore. And it becomes more important because that frontal lobe is developing and almost done. So, yeah. And everything that you engage in, like even down to your programming. Okay, I'm going to maybe a black students union you know group and i'm going there i'm going to maybe a religious you know group on campus and now you both might have different views on on just life in general because your personal interest is completely it could be completely different it could be completely different in values and morals or you just have conflicting ways of how situations can be done so like Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways that you can grow as a different person because you're developing your psyche you're developing like the things that you're going to be interested in when you're older if you really engage in i i think everyone should engage okay number one you pay for it number two mm-hmm. help yourself develop yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> side note mm-hmm. but you know like just just down to that engagement piece and and like maybe the different ways you even engage in your major you could have the same major and maybe you're more in tune with like i really want to learn from my professors and then the other person's like i want to get Let's my grade party. and i don't agree <laughs> you know i don't agree with most of my professors you know maybe yeah. i'm not one of those people that gets down with authority you know so like yeah. we're different now because you're your teacher's pet mm. and i'm just in here trying to get me a little Critically c examining. c plus yeah. okay and, and, and so like different, everything yeah. everything is different everything's different in college hitting on that you know like moving forward forward piece and kind of I'm wondering where everyone's mind is at with maybe just a bit of advice like on reassurance on how it's okay to not stay friends and not be friends and kind of move apart and how do we not be so sad about that you know as an RA I can say for myself like I tell my residents all the time don't be afraid to put yourself back out there you know you just Mm -hmm. have to keep being who you are and those people like Saida said will gravitate towards you yep. and that's a completely different way 
of friendship forming than just having the same interests. Like what Casey said, doesn't always last. It might be short lived. Um, so what are some other things that you guys think about, you know, like moving forward and, you know, Marissa, um, we're in our senior year, kind of clo closing that chapter. Yeah. And then also you so two as grad students, you know, how do you kind of deal with that as you get older? Oh, yeah, let's do a final round robin. When we say it. older, what do we No, I'm joking. I also Ooh. want y'all to add a funny dorm story because I have a funny one and then I'll tell you how we move forward. My favorite memory as a freshman, because ugh, when y'all said freshmen, I'm like, mm. so my undergrad was separated, boys side of campus, girls side of campus. Mm. But obviously we always wanted to hang out. So girls weren't allowed in the boys dorms. Obviously, we snuck in the boys' dorms. And and I'm still, like, really good friends with this person. Like, this is my son's godfather. We went over there and, okay, don't yell about it. I did not know how to play spades. So <laughs> we are I went, amongst come on, folk. come on. I didn't I know how to play either. spades. Oh. I know now. I'll teach you because, you know, people gatekeep spades for whatever reason. But I went over they there do. thinking I'd learn spades. It didn't go well. I couldn't get it. So we were playing um, I Declare War and like all the other yeah. games. Random dorm inspection. Ooh. We are, it was three of us. And I was like, oh my goodness. You're going to get fined. You might get kicked out of the dorm. What are we going to do? Thank goodness. I'm very small for those who obviously can't see me because we're on audio. I am <laughs> five feet. personality. <laughs> I am five feet tall. We put on boys clothes and stood in the hall. I had... I had sleeves over my nails because oh. obviously my nails were painted. <laughs> I'm in black converses, but I put sweatpants over my clothes. His not like, how I thought this was boy's go. sweatshirt. And we're I had a hood on and we're standing in the hall and I'm leaning on the wall with my head down and my hair is pulled back. Like, who's this little boy? Oh, I know. <laughs> Thank goodness. They just did like a sweep. They didn't like talk to us. It was just like a stand in the hallway. We're going to just check everything out, make sure, because I think like maybe a smoke alarm or something, somebody microwaved something and then, you know, things go crazy in dorms. That was the moment where I was like, I am not making good choices as a freshman, but it was so <laughs> funny. We laugh about it still now, but we were standing in the hall just praying. The first don't. drag experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it. fun. And those are the things that when I think of living in the dorms, my freshman year, I was silly. We were silly. Yeah. Moving on from friendships, though, if you're not friends with people at the end of it, it's okay, right? Sometimes you it takes a while to learn who your people are. You have to understand who you are as a person and what you need from a friendship if it's high maintenance, if it's not, if it's, you know, sometimes you just need a casual friend or whatever. You need to understand what kind of friend you need. And that way, when you get people that gravitate towards you, you are able to kind of weed out, right? Like, is this person actually here to be my friend or do they need something? Friendship breakups are like a real breakup. Yeah. Like you can be sad about it. I don't have a lot of friends and I don't keep a lot of friends because I don't like my feelings getting hurt. Because Ooh. if I let you in my circle, I really okay. like, I want you to be my friend. Like, I want to be friends with you, whatever that looks like. Even if I only speak to you quarterly, semi-annually, when, you know, something exciting happens or not. And we pick up where we left off. Like, I'm always yep. happy to reconnect with people that are actual friends. The ones that I'm not friends with, some some it is bad blood. Like, and I'm going to own that. I'm an Aries. I'm fiery. And I'm petty. That makes Sometimes sense. it's bad blood. But other times it's just we grew apart. I have different interests. I'm way more academic now than I was then. So I'm not interested in having conversations that are uneducated or one-sided. That's right. Like, I want to be in academia. I want to be somebody who's contributing, even if that means pop psychology, making things pop and, like, fun. But I want that. And my friends are like, yes, they call me when they want to learn something or mm. let's read through this together and critically examine it. We are having different conversations. So... It's okay to not be friends with people. If it doesn't serve you anymore, mm -hmm. walk away. There's My therapist says this all the time, and she is going to crack up. I'm going to tell her listeners. But she always says to me, because I fester, she's like, there's no need to prolong your suffering. Ooh. If the friendship doesn't feel good anymore, why are you prolonging suffering? Just, no, why are you doing it? So if mm. you take away anything, don't prolong the suffering. If the friendship doesn't work, you don't owe anybody an explanation. Mm. You just walk away. You have autonomy over yourself. You don't like it anymore. It doesn't serve you anymore. You know what? Thank you and gracefully bow 
out. Yes. Thank you, Mama Saida. Oh your, my gosh. Your, <laughs> with your perennial friends. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I agree. I mean, one of my issues that people probably don't know is that I will drop you like hotcakes. So I, <laughs> that's been one of my, I used to think it was an issue, which is why I don't have a lot of long-term friends. But now I'm guessing I was just like a really mature individual and didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Because I would just be like, oh, it's it's grown out of its time. That's it. You know, and I would have no qualms over that. And my mom just like, uh, like, what's going on here? And I was just like, oh, it just, it just fizzled. And so, I mean, granted, I'd be like devastated, you know, like. Yeah, of up. course. But, you know, I would always make that decision. I would make that decision while thinking about it. Even if I was not a person that had a lot of friends or that had long-term friendships, it still was nothing for me to say, okay, like, nah. Um, which I now that I appreciate that we're talking about it because I used to be like, bro, that's a flaw. No, and yeah, so like, just recognizing when something is just like, mm, and mm. I give people a lot of chances, which is like mm. surprising for what I just said. Well, you know, like I give people a lot of well, well, it's like I want to be absolutely sure. I want to make well, sure that we've period all been is shitty. on the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I when, don't know about you, I'm perfect. One of my things is like when I'm. Because I haven't had long-term friendships, I always thought that I was at a deficit because I was like, okay, how do I know exactly if this is a thing that I say we're not friends anymore over? Because it is going to be a point in friendships where you're going to have issues. You're going to need to forgive each other. And I'm like, so I'm always second-guessing myself. And I'm just like, is this is this like a we shouldn't be friends anymore situation. Yeah. You know, and so that's where I feel like my flaw is because I feel like sometimes maybe it's just like a you just upset, Danielle, you know, and you could have said like, hey, I miss you. Um, but I'm but I'm a tourist. But think about um, that. And I would never. So. <laughs> but think about that. You literally just said that you would stay friends with people just because of the length of time. Time is not a barometer by which that person could have good intentions for oh, yeah. you. And that is that's the flaw. Yeah. Everyone seems to think, yeah. well, I've known this person for forever. They've been an asshole for forever, too, and you still hang with them. Yes. Well, it's like length of time, but more so just like, a- am I making the right decision in this moment? Am I really thinking about, is this a moment where I leave? You're over you know? 25 and, and you're not being and, impulsive. Well, well, no, I've been I've been like this for like the last like 12, <laughs> 12, 12, 15 years. Be like, damn, you doing the right thing? But I think that that's one of the things to think through is just being like, is this the moment of no? It can, And that could be just for you. Or you can be like, hey, guys, like, I will not always be right. And I do ask people for advice. And that's not just like because I second guess myself because Danielle is stubborn. And I'm going to do what I want anyway. OK. But I do want other people's opinions good to have because I, I don't have long term friendships, you know. And so I will be like, hey, guys, I do really understand that I will not always be right. And that I know who I am and I am stubborn. It, what's going on in this moment and what do you see? I won't say, are, am I right or am I wrong? I'll say, mm-hmm. what do you see in this situation? Like, what would you do? Or like, you know, like, how do you see this from your point of view? You know, and then I, because the fresh set of eyes helps. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually something that I try to lean on because I always have that doubt in my head. Like, I don't know if this is a start or a stop or whatever, you know? So just really thinking through like, is this situation for me like enough, enough to, to, to let it go? Or do I need to sit and think with it for a couple of days or something and really be like, okay, if I did something of this capacity or if I had the ability to do something of this capacity, I mean, really say like, is this something that I have the capability to do? Or is this something that is obviously like not in my moral code? If it's not in your moral code then be like, drop it like a hot cake. Yep. It, it, but if it's something that you have the ability and the capability to do, just sit and go, okay, in this situation, would I need forgiveness from someone, mm. you know? And if I would do something like this and would need that forgiveness, is this a place where I need to forgive? Because I would be asking for that at some point. If it's not something you would ever do, it'd be like, bye. Okay. But if it's something that you know that in somewhere down the line, it's capable for you to do and you would need forgiveness, then maybe just think about how maybe you need to forgive. Or maybe you think about forgiving. I'm not telling about to do anything with their life. Okay. Just you do what you want to do. But maybe think about it if it's something that you would in the future or at any point in your life need to ask forgiveness for. I've had um, friendships really strengthened out of conflict, actually, mm. where I've said, like, hey, this thing that you're doing, like, really, it's like hurting me. 
And then well, this friend, talk. this friend had no idea, you know, and I, I was like really sort of, in, normally I would keep that stuff to myself and then I would just continue to feel bad. Prolonging suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. But then we, then we had to talk about it and then our friendship has gotten way deeper and is like each of us has gone through a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. and we don't live in the same place yeah. and it's way stronger than it was before I actually stepped up and said something. Now, this person could have taken it another way and that, yeah. could, have tanked, that could have tanked our friendship. So it was a risk yeah. to do that. But honestly, if you can't be real with your friends, right. then why are you friends? Not a friend. Are you friends? Yeah. Right. I have one friend from high school. She is my like best friend. I know that I can say anything to her and she will not get offended. We are so silly, but she is the one person where it's like, I know that I'm safe talking to her. There's no judgment. And she will be like, Saida, you are overreacting. Right. And you can hear it from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'll receive it. And I'm brutally honest with my friends. So if we are sugarcoating things, we're not friends. Like mm-hmm. if you don't know that I'm not, I'm coming from a place of love and genuine care. Like you're not here for a small talk. Bye. Not mm-hmm. doing it. Bye. I'm a New Yorker. What are we talking about? Why are we talking? Why are you here? <laughs> Have a good day. All right. Move along. <laughs> move along. Ladies. All right, Marissa, can we give you the final word? Oh my gosh, that's so much. <laughs> the final word, advice on moving forward or in general? In general, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. In general, I don't know. I love this conversation. I feel like it's so important to like analyze friendships. I feel like I do it all the time, like with each and every person. I'm like, hmm, what have we been through in the past few months kind of thing? But I feel like it's so important to like, talk about it with other people and to think about it for yourself and like what it means in your life at Mm -hmm. like that moment in your life because like stages of your life are so different and like you're going to have different people at different times so I think it's something super important to just keep in mind and to keep thinking about and to just like remember that if it's like making you happy and like it's making you at peace it's not causing you stress then like I think that's a good thing so yeah awesome well thanks you know, one one final note that i just remembered that jamil and i many seasons ago interviewed a guy who works in the area of mental health with colleges i think he's like early 30s he was an ra and he was telling this story about being on some rooftop party or whatever in new york with a group of friends and somebody got hurt i forget the situation but like was like almost falling off the building. It was like a paramedics, very serious situation, but he snapped into RA mode because <laughs> everyone's freaking out because right. this, this situation has just happened. And then he just, he snapped into that, put on that RA hat and managed the whole situation, mm-hmm. took care of everybody. And that training for him has mm-hmm. really just been like that, that training in crisis yeah. um, and in leadership has been invaluable. So anyway, I just want to say that the, the hours and the, um, the sort of intangible things that y'all are, are contributing to your fellow students will pay dividends to you throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Casey. Mm-hmm. You're thank you welcome. for being a valuable member yeah. of campus. We need y'all. Yes. Yeah, we sure do. And thank you, Marez, for turning what is somewhat, honestly, one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had into a long life, lifelong friendship. Oh. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.